welcome to episode 80, America Runs on Daydreams. Prior to commencing today's dialogue, it is helpful that audiences are made aware of the case study my guest Jason Baxter and I will go over today. The case study, labeled He Dreams, She Dreams of Him, it incorporates a cartoon, very newspaper-like, of a man lounging on the sofa, his eyes closed, and thought bubbles conveying another woman in the same position pondering him. Today we analyze the image and answer questions. How we know that this is a picture of him dreaming of her, dreaming of him, if it even looks like a dream, and if it is necessary for one to have seen this in order to understand the intention. Referencing Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung and chapter three, Puzzles About Art, we will begin our journey and analyze the following imagery. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Ressa Rowe, and I'm very pleased to have James Baxter on. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. Now, it's about... 7 a.m. and we're barely making it through. I see my friend next to me hasn't even touched his coffee asleep in the chair. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is asleep. I'm not sleeping. It just happens to be a Friday morning after a long week. Right, right. I'm just daydreaming about being home and relaxing just a little while longer though. With COVID being an issue, I doubt it was some fuss. Ah. Daydreaming, you say. No shame on this side. I believe that everyone, especially those listening at, at home this Friday afternoon, have shared that same staycation daydream. Waking up with no alarm and having a good old breakfast in bed? That, yes, that sounds like vacation to me. Yeah, nothing beats a dumb and hot cocoa and some hash browns while I'm reading the newspaper. This podcast is not sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts, unfortunately. <laughs> but fortunately, your newspaper reference did remind me of a funny piece of paper depicting a man daydreaming just as you were, which ironically segues into our topic of today's podcast. The irony rings true. Must not have been editing Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> That's exactly it. What exactly did this cartoon depict? So it been so memorable. Well, you're most definitely right about lacking the Dunkin' Goods. First off, um, in the general, in the cartoon, the gentleman was most definitely asleep. Did not have his morning Dunkin'. Um, but what made it memorable was that the man was chilling on his sofa, you know, dreaming of this woman that he had hoped was also dreaming of him. Sounds pathetic. <laughs> Which part? The part where he needs to inflate his ego. Ah, uh, yes. Typical man. Rude. <laughs> but not wrong for most men. Listen, listen. I'm not here to single out one gender. Everyone daydreams. You know, the Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung, he believed that the act of daydreaming is the process of the unconscious mind going through conscious mind's problems. Who's to blame the guy? He probably wants someone to take him to Dunkin'. Verify with production to assure we aren't sponsored by Dunkin' actually because this free advertising is a verbal manifestation 
of a certain sponsorship I seek with the Donut Empire, I must say. Wishful thinking can only be so far. Right. I believe that like the gentleman in the cartoon, his dreams can become a reality with the process of daydreaming. It's a lot like manifestation. Fair. But how could you be so sure that it isn't all a dream? Like, literally, who is to say that it is not her own conscious problem, the woman in the cartoon, being illustrated? Maybe it's him dreaming of her dreaming of him. To be honest, we don't know. Same as how we don't know we are a computer simulation. Right. Where we can solve. Like the Truman Show. Yeah. All we would know is that what has been illustrated and from how it looks the comic only would only leave a man in lonely time I am assuming it has been drawn using examples like common imagery when interpreting dreams and dramas correct? very true I mean if you reference the text puzzles about art in chapter 3 meaning and interpretation says itself that some people believe artworks can instruct only specific type of teaching methods in order to be effectively understood by the reader or the viewer. Those who hold such views should be prepared to explain how words or pictures or sounds actually sound when they're not being put in audio. You know, in a form like this where it's just cartoons, thought bubbles are the only way to be able to give some sort of you know mental audio for the reader to have in their head you can come to the conclusion that the cartoon is perspective based you know many illustrations utilize imagery techniques in this case thought bubbles to portray to the reader exactly what's happening you know, having no, not having the benefits of having audio or moving picture like commercials or movies or TV shows have, illustrations tend to make it more of a challenge to convey the message to the reader. You know, from one perspective, mine, for example, the man can be sleeping. But others, such as yourself, can suggest that he was daydreaming. You know, does the cartoon itself to you look like a dream? I mean, it depends on the context. Feel free to elaborate your point. Well, as I previously mentioned, a dream can only be shown in drawings in so many ways. The most notable one being the use of thought bubbles, which has been generalized to a large degree. In other forms of media, there have been other ways to show dreams like fadeouts and unusual dialogue for a developed character in television. Thought bubbles they can't even show the, com the complexity of dreams in reality. You know, you make a good point there. Media is a tremendous factor. We're constantly on it. You know, as a society, it's like glue. It's one situation seeing a commercial and getting the entire onion peeled back with all the complexities, the symbolism the imagery, but with illustrations, things like thought bubbles have become staple inclusions of imagery. Yeah, it doesn't help that there's no way to show factual representations of dreams in media that a majority of people will understand. It's, right. it's hard to explain imagery of an amygdala flashing active or the random and non-random 
know I, the second I see a graph, I'm out of that section and straight into the horoscopes. Tell me my zodiac now. <laughs> because when people read the funny section, you know, of the paper, they want to laugh. They don't want to be confused. I mean, I know I wouldn't. Would you? No. As right. I was daydreaming earlier. Something like that would finish, finish me off. You thought even Duncan's Duncan and Hot would just keep me awake after that. Right. The message that the illustrator is trying to convey through the cartoon is is wishful thinking. You know, it taps into, like I previously mentioned, the Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung's theory, you know, regarding daydreaming. Um, is this something that you want to enlighten our listeners at home about? Maybe you can go more into depth. Yes, I'd love to do that. Sounds so enthusiastic. <laughs> is that he believes that dreams are unconscious mind reaching out as well as a key part to the development of your personality. Which is funny, because we always see different tools in literature and art and never understand how we know what they mean. I completely agree. You know, it's a lot in media where we see similar tools and tactics being used that make it easy for us, almost like autopilot, to recognize what brand or logo it is. For example, you take a Coca-Cola bottle. You don't even have to put the white words in cursive that say Coca-Cola. The simple red can with the white frost frame makes it very easy for people to make out what exactly it is. And it's for cartoons specifically that these imagery tactics and thought bubbles are so vital into readers understanding the storyline behind the picture. Never know uh, what they mean or how you find them. Exactly. You know, seeing things like simple imagery such as thought bubbles is an easy indication that we're seeing the thoughts of the characters. We're getting a look into their mind, you know? I remember growing up, I was always watching, um, what was that cartoon? I'm blanking right now. It's the lack of Duncan. Somebody bring me a Duncan. That. Um, <laughs> what was the name of the cat? The cat that loved lasagna? Uh, oh my I don't god, know. I can't remember. Not Tom and uh, Jerry. It was Odie. I'm th- oh, no, 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 that was, that was the best friend. It, it's Garfield, it's Garfield. Yes, yes, I remember. Did you watch that? Uh, yeah, I always heard of Garfield when I see it in the paper. Mm-hmm. But you all know Odie was the main character. Uh, do we? Yeah, uh, no, I don't know if I agree with that actually. I mean, it's all up to perspective, and I always found Odie to be the most compelling character of that series. Mm. You know, he was a quiet one, didn't, you know, it was all about imagery. You know, we can tie it back to that if you want to do it full circle. Garfield was the talker, but you're right, Odie did have a lot of character. It's cool how the illustrators of the show made that a component, don't you think? Yeah, I usually find myself reading this, that just certainly come out on the papers whenever I don't need more. And I was raised pretty straight by my family, so porn would come often. <laughs> I mean, what family doesn't let you use a computer too as well? That, that puts borderline childhood abuse. <laughs> Not using the computer until 12 years old? Um, maybe they saved you instead of preventing you from using it.
didn't use tell me you so you didn't use a computer until you were 12 years old no uh, i watched the uh table uh, whatever they had on the tv Please. like bbc shows i, I never really get the opportunity to need to use the computer for anything oh my god i remember when i was growing up I would utilize the computer for everything because it was, mind you, when I was growing up, it was still the 2000s. I'm a 90s baby. I was born in 1999. I very much consider myself a 90s baby. <laughs> but, um, you know, there were just landlines where your friends would have to call your house and ask your parents to talk to you. You know, I'd use the computer to email my friends. Everything would go through there. You know, but did you, when you finally got, so when you were finally 12, was it like a rite of passage? What was the, what were you on? Like, did you play video games? No, no. <laughs> Funnily enough, the moment I got to use a computer, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Mario 64? No, what is that? Uh, it's uh, a game for the GX. So, like, there was this YouTube this YouTube video, like, uh, they called it Mario's Floating Head. Mm. And I was absorbed in that when I was a kid. And was there, like, a certain type of, like, goal that had to be achieved? No. Like, rescue the princess from distress. No, just Mario's head can float. Ooh, look at it. Oh, okay. So, it didn't, did it talk? It just used imagery, right? Uh, no, yeah, it would talk. It would have Mario's high-pitched voice. Did he use um, the typical um, question mark boxes for the mystery box? Uh, no, it would just be speaking. Like, uh, the language would be much more vulgar on the YouTube group, which is pretty much the abridged version of the abridged version. <laughs> I know I used to go on um, Club Penguin and it was all through, you know, online. There was no sound. There was no, you couldn't, you know, because phones were things that parents had and was for the older working um, cohort. And yeah, on top, on top of that fact, right? uh, Club Penguin, you had to pay for those memberships. I think there was two times two very correctly, right? Oh, I don't remember at all but i had a great time you know it, it, it those message boards you know and those message boards where you can im or dm and things like that you know you look at them and they're all thought bubbles you know ultimately people fail to realize that but this is something that is a common pattern within marketing techniques and um just companies that have given the thought bubble a staple meaning to carry information, like to solely carry information. I think that's very smart and something that a lot of people yeah. don't realize, wouldn't you? I would have heard the same thing for 210 or Witchers 101, um, like those games. But uh, they, use, they would use thought bubbles as well to like speak to the other players. Wow. You know, nowadays it's it's all FaceTime and, and texting. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. <laughs> right, right, right. We're 
y'all are. You know, I'd say we're in the cusp of Gen Z and Gen Y. Is that what we are? Uh, no, we're the millennials. Millennials. I can't keep up with all these things. But, you know. Uh, yeah, Gen Y, you're right. Gen Y, right, right, right. So, you know, it's something nowadays that our, the children growing up in our society, you know, they they are used to because they have Instagram and TikTok and all these things. But all, all of these social media um, industries utilize the same type of formats, you know, in order to instantly connect you to your friends. And that's what is a benefit that these methods such as comic books and cartoons have the benefit of. It's an easy way to get the information across to someone of what the person is actually thinking and their intentions where you can't do that in real life. You can't see that in a TikTok dance or you can't see that in a really in a music video, you know, you get the ability to go into the mind of a character and put yourself in that character's position. And it really helps the story resonate, at least for me, making it relatable, wouldn't you think? Uh, I don't really know what to think about that, though. Like... There's the thoughts and intentions of a character verbatim help the storyline become understood and become even more personable to the reader? Well, I would, I would believe that uh, allowing, the, allowing the player to take the role of that, the character wouldn't uh, make it more intimate. The uh, players are already young to design the characters and it is just the games were meant to be made more into so the players could enjoy their time playing at the end of the day it's just as society and culture changes so do methods of marketing and and media change you know because if they didn't we'd still be stuck using pigeons which i would listen I think that that would be fairly cool. I would like to have a pigeon. (laughs) Pigeons are flying rats. Like, like would a breakup text really be as bad a breakup text if a pigeon delivered it? Like, come on. I I think... I think... But again... I feel like that would be even more frustrating. Right, because it takes time. (laughs) People will just say, he broke up with me over a text. Right, over a text. There's the scary text bubble, you know, again. (laughs) It's so funny, you know, Gen Z stuff. Uh, Typical. It's it's like an if you know, you know situation. (laughs) Right, if you know, you know. True. Kids, kids these days aren't familiar with the newspaper culture. They see the name Garfield, and I'm sure they think it's the name of a famous baseball stadium. <laughs> I, I bet you were hoping for the last one, but I'm not. Right. <laughs> Damn, I need to dunk in. Feels immediate. 
sound effects for you. Add more impact as well as keep keeping themselves from running on the text stage by the sound like I'm doing right now. Right, like I said, when you said um, the sound of a fist, like I, I made the noise and you could, you know, it's very true. Like Captain Underpants, you know, that was one of my favorite childhood comic books. I, I remember I always loved seeing the dramatic boom, pow. You know, it makes the picture come alive for the readers. Comic books like that are good for children, but they're good for children who don't want to read and yet not want to read a full novel. I agree. They give an opportunity to tell a story without seeing all the word vomit on a page, you know. Do you think that someone needs to have seen, for example, this cartoon that we mentioned previously about the man on the sofa? Do you think that someone needed to have seen this cartoon to understand it? No. Mm. The style of writing is highly generalized. So even if they had if, if they had not seen the use of the old before, they would have at least heard of the concepts by word of mouth. Right. And even children would be able to understand. Although, given that people had neither seen nor heard of the use of the bubbles, mm -hmm. uh, they must be separated from society for small. <laughs> but the concept was still learning simple. As the only method of reading such comics, people wouldn't have to be able to understand uh, how they, they need to read through the novels. Because that's the only way they can get the information that is trying to be conveyed in the technology comics. Agreed. You know, it makes life easier on both the illustrator who just wants to freaking draw, as well as the reader who in actuality is just seeking quick entertainment, you know? So if this is a conventional way of representing dreams and pictures, you know, why, why this convention? Like why a, a, a cartoon rather than another one? Well, we've actually been talking about that for well, over the course of this podcast, right. there are other ways to represent dreams and pictures in media in general. It's just people prefer to see a dream in the form of a thought bubble instead of from a graph and the data from a biological or psychological study. Right, it's easier to understand. Difference when they're studying the activity of the brain, which I don't do it, but don't have to is definitely helping with that. Right. You know what? I am going to, I, I decided I'm going to just cave and just go get some Dunkin'. Um, but first, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. James Baxter, everyone. I really appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, thank you for listening. Please join us soon. Remember to stay curious and go get yourself some Duncan. Video is once again not sponsored by Duncan. All music is provided by audio file credit from Alex Zavessa, upbeat, inspiring corporate music.